Sup everyone, Paul Clark here. Sup Paul. Remember me? It's been a while. Since the last episode, number 45, with undoubtedly, unquestionably the godfather of river paddleboarding in the United States, Charlie MacArthur, I've had some amazing adventures. Sorry for the radio silence. Since that last episode, I've paddled in Washington, Big Water, Washington on the Wenatchee with my buddy Alan Pace and Caitlin Katzen. After the summer, I traveled cross-country through the Dakotas, through the Wisconsins, through the Ohios of the Midwest. I surfed in Dayton, Ohio with my buddy Shannon Thomas. We'll link back to an episode with him. And then by fall, golly season was in. I was in West Virginia. I paddled the New River Gorge and the Golly River. The golly is what we're going to be talking a lot about in this episode. And for winter, I spent in North Carolina with the exception of a quick trip to Baja, <laughs> and Florida. I paddled with manatees and explored the swamplands of Florida on a paddleboard. An amazing number of months since this last episode. In this episode, number 46, we're talking with one of the people who certainly is an influence to me on what river paddleboarding could be, especially big water paddleboarding. We're going to talk about the Gully River, supping, whitewater paddleboarding, the Gully River. If you know the Gully, it's an amazing Class 5 lethal river. Big water, big rapids. Well, let's talk to Chris Morgan about that, who is willing to do the marathon of the Gully, the 27 miles of the upper and lower on a paddleboard. I think that's crazy, but let's get Chris's perspective. Without further ado, Chris Morgan. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Good. Where are you at right now? Greenville, South Carolina. How are you feeling? Good. It's good. I, have, I, was, uh, I was back in New Hampshire for a month, so it's uh, kind of nice being back in my own bed. Uh, so pretty stoked about that. And uh, I'm not sure. I may have told you when I saw you last, but I, I tweaked my, my lat and my tricep back in September. So I kind of took a lot of time off working out and kind of paddling and it's getting better. So it's good. So I, uh, I used to be a college athlete, so I try to do as much as I used to do, which isn't a thing. Um, if you ever hear people talk about a has-been, it's a real thing. And you're like, you're picking up a weight or something, and you're like, man, this used to be like a warm-up set. And wow, I'm actually getting old. This sucks. Hey, watch so. your mouth. I'll be 50 this, <laughs> later this year. <laughs> I mean, man, sometimes it's like uh like i still play a sport called handball on a club team and some of the guys are like 40 45 that are like just kind of helping out and we're all like so when do you actually start to feel old is it like 28 is it 30 and they're like dude <laughs> like you have no idea <laughs> it's like like man it's bad oh, Chris? 32 okay yeah you i shaved today video. just the extra grace uh, see the grays what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> i shave so you don't see them really good to see you yeah good to see you too it's been it's been a couple of months a couple of months that's it august no august. Uh, golly golly so the golly is not the nolly chucky river uh no. golly fest is not nolly fest so when i came to the southeast uh, last year for the first time i i had a, a lot of learning to do about these river names and the, the type of paddling that's done out here so the the nolly chucky I moved down here in 2018 um, in the fall. So my first Noli Fest was uh, April 2019. And if you ask Matt or Jack or like any of the guys, Cohen, um, yeah, I think the gauge was like 45,000. Um, 
and there were some some kayakers went down one guy swam the guy those three guys ended up having to walk out from rooster tail and I, it was cold that night um it was it probably got down in like uh the high 30s low 40s and they were walking out and i think one guy had a dry top not a dry suit so that was probably pretty rugged <laughs> pretty rugged. um but yeah i would be i'd be pretty scared of on the noah chucky at forty five thousand. And for people who don't know the Nullichucky, at least the Nullichucky Gorge, it is, yeah. like the White Salmon, a signature river for whitewater paddleboarding. If you're a river paddleboarder, especially running rapids, the, the Nullichucky Gorge is certainly something that should be on your list. The White Salmon should oh. be on your list. The Mackenzie, also in Oregon, uh, is on your list. And another river, which is probably not on anybody's list except for like five people, including you. <laughs> The Gully in West Virginia, yes. continuous class five rivers for 27 miles. If you conclude the upper and the lower, <laughs> you were like, yeah, let's do it. And so <laughs> we met yeah, this year on the Gully and you were running the marathon, the upper, I think you ran the upper, what, five times this year? Oh no, three, uh, Just three days. Three. Just yeah. three. <laughs> I think it's five in my life. It's so clarification it's not class five for the 27 whatever miles it is um i think there's actual uh three class fives on it but a lot of class fours because of the there's all the limestone um which is undercut and so there's a lot of undercuts and sieves and just fun places where you shouldn't be on the river tangible hazards including undercuts sieves and big water. Big water is one thing, uh, but the, the consequences of a sieve is another. What's your incentive for paddling that big water, the, the, the perceivably crazy water on a paddleboard? So <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but uh, I mean, the golly in general, um, I, I think it's more, I guess, notorious for those undercuts. Um, maybe, maybe big water for um the southeast because it's guaranteed um like you know it's going to happen the lower golly especially is i mean even at the release level it's some pretty big waves um i'm trying to get there when it's 10k or 12k rather than like the 2800 because i, I hear some of the waves that form are just incredible surfs and there's huge wave trains um uh, but the uh one of my favorite rivers is actually it's back in maine um it's the kennebec uh which i'm sure you've heard me talk about and everybody in the southeast probably too much but uh, if anyone's listening from Maine, they all know they're they're super lucky to have it. Is it your they, home river? Uh, Would you call oh, it? It's not my home river? river, but it was the it was probably the first river I really learned how to paddleboard on. Um, and it was uh, even the lower. I mean, the most most of the river is over five feet deep, so you can swim anything. It's not a big deal. There's no undercuts. There's no real difficult uh, features you have to avoid um maybe one but it's so easy to set up to miss that you're not worried about it um it's guaranteed white water uh 40 or 5000 cfs from 10 to 1 every day from mid may to mid october um they have six guaranteed big water releases and i mean like 9 plus foot waves hitting you um so the troughs and the peaks are pretty wild uh, and you're and about just... nine feet, so that's big. Me, <laughs> under five feet, exaggerating on both ends of that, that would be huge. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely so. I, the the best thing about it is it's not like a 
except for one wave it's not like an ocean wave breaking it's more like a, a roller in the ocean so you're hitting these waves and you're just climbing and climbing and climbing and then you peek out and you, your board is still going up and you're like oh my god and then you start to come over the the trough and or the, come over the peak and come back down and you're like that was a damn roller coaster um and then uh some of these huge like two foot three foot tall diagonals um i've never done it but people in the grand canyon or who have done the grand canyon say the kind of back at 8k is very similar to the grand um so that i just love that feeling in big water i mean the people talk about big water bliss and it's a thing i mean you're so dialed and it's just fun um and so the golly actually uh 20 2020 um was the first time i did it um and uh, <laughs> i wasn't planning on doing it at all uh and then a month before I was paddling with Andy Hinton and we actually tandem up the Nola Chucky at like three K or something, um, which was terrifying. Cause he had a leash and I didn't cause I was on the front and I swam a couple of times and I was like, man, this kind of sucks. But uh, the, that day he was like, man, we should go to the lower golly. I was like, all right, well, maybe let's after that swim, maybe we can check it out. So my plan driving up was to raft the upper and the beginning part of the day and then sup the lower all raft support um i had a really good friend who was who would show me the lines and everything i'm driving up the night before and i see one of those like huge flamingo uh, inflatables with like six people on it or something running suites and i was like i mean at the time i had no idea like you could walk to the top of suites and just run it and people swim it all the time so I was like, man, we could, we could do this. And then, so <laughs> I called, uh, Sam, Sam was his name that he's a kayaker. And he, uh, I was like, man, let's, let's just go do it. And he's like, all right. And so we, <laughs> we marathoned it. I walked a pillow, uh, an iron ring and, uh, did the rest. And honestly, like, it's crazy. The first time you do anything like big water or something like that, when you're that nervous, it feels like the water is going so fast. And so my first rapid, uh, the first rapid, the major rapid is called insignificant. So to put this in context about like a third of the way down is a big pour over, uh, for kayaks. I think it's a bit more consequential because if you do flip, um, it's a bad spot because you get back in the current pretty quick. And at the bottom of the rapid before the current goes left, there's a big slab that's undercut. Um, and on a board, you can just climb back up and you're not like you can be laying down and that's fine. So it's, it's one of those rapids where I think it's, I think it is a class five, but on a board, I think it might be a little bit less. And once you get that like class five out of your head and do it, it it's, it's okay. Um, but this year when I went back to do it, it was like everything slowed down. I'm not for sure it was like a confidence thing or what, but it was like, Oh, this is very manageable. Did the laps that you were doing in Maine gave you the, the confidence and the board handling skills to back <laughs> the gully. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah. you want to go back to that or we can, we can talk about that. So, yeah, so that was yeah 2020 didn't train at all. Just kind of like did it wasn't planning on doing much. And I was like, oh, shit, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, but this year I was like, okay, I actually want to train and, and do really, I mean, hammer it out, do it up. And so we went to, uh, Maine or all of New England. Um, in the fall is some of us call it drawdown season because they're drawing all the lakes down uh for the ice and so the labor day weekend is uh 
have some friends that might hate me for giving all this beta away, but um, so Labor Day weekend is the only uh, planned whitewater release on the Sabumic, which is the headwater of the West Branch of the Penobscot. Uh, they also do a release of you're the making South these Branch. names up anyway. You're not giving the beta <laughs> yeah. um, of the uh, <laughs> yeah South Branch Penobscot, so Canada Falls, and uh, they do a special Dead River release, and then the Kennebec is just always there. So Davide came up. Um, I'm gonna put some some words in his mouth and say his four of his top five favorite rivers are in Maine. Oh, nice! And nice. Um, he's he's gonna hate me, but um, at least one or two for sure. So we did. A, we actually got the first uh, sub descent of Canada Falls, so South Branch Penobscot, uh, Class Four River, pretty fun. Like I think it was five five legit drops uh one of them being that slide i think i posted that picture last week or video uh sabumic is this natural playground it's like maybe two miles 13 or 14 drops uh drop pool river you can mess around um i found out after there's this it's called roll dam but uh lots of logging up there uh there's lots of rebar i guess up there that i didn't know about but in the water good. yeah it, it's very suppable. Definitely one of the places you should go. Anybody. Um, it may be the birthplace of black flies um, or their yeah. origin because they're like, even in September, they're awful. Um, and then uh, what is this? That river? was more of the, Tell me the, river uh, again. the Subumic section Subumic. of the West branch of the Penobscot. And so downstream, yeah so the penobscot is uh, it drains mount katahdin so the northern terminus of the at and it is one of the coolest places you're like it's like mars there's all these massive rocks uh katahdin itself is this big old monolith um but there's a section it's the it's a class five section of the west branch it's called a gorge crib and it's just full on i think uh i think someone stopped it before uh i think luke hopkins gave it a go with uh this guy mike mcveigh as a local um lots of swimming <laughs> i guess stand up swimming um, down yeah so hopefully next uh summer give that a go so lots lots of good water up there um that sunday they do a dead river release uh and it's six thousand, i think um 16 miles and um so one of the things we say now is like oh how do you how do you train for the golly well, you get drunk on the dead. Um, so it's uh, 6,000 uh, yeah, 6, CFS. There's, I mean, class two, there's class four, class three, awesome surf waves. Um, and then uh, finished up on the Kennebec. I think I used the nasty, the 14 foot board on the Kennebec just for the hell of it and got worked. But it was fun. <laughs> I suppose um, if you're training for big water, you have to get worked. You have to understand. Yeah. That- you're piloting your own craft. You're you're relying on your own ability, your own experience, your own understanding, your own ability to keep your heart rate down and just send it. I mean, you have to put those times. You have to get that experience before you could tackle anything like the gully. So yeah, get drunk on the dead to tackle the gully. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I mean, yeah, like what you said, like big water. Um, it's uh it's definitely like that comfort level just being comfortable moving fast um like the following weekend we went back for that 8k release on the kennebec and i think my watch got me going like 14 miles an hour um that's faster the average really fast yeah. 
Um, I think the average was like nine miles an hour on an Atcha, not a nasty or anything else. Um, so you're moving and even like swimming, you're still swimming six or seven miles an hour. <laughs> so, um, and that's a lot of it too, is like being comfortable getting back up. Um, I know like I was talking to Spencer Lacey about, uh, doing a second drop on the, on lost paddle in the golly. So people call it Hawaii five Oh. And he's like, yeah, man, like, like you got to get back up quick. You got to pull your, pull your board back. Cause there's a, as a rock that splits the current just below it. Um, and then just getting back up repeatedly. I mean, you know, you're going to fall uh, at some point. <laughs> so, um, the more conditioned you are to keep on getting back up. I mean, even if you're just taking a knee, and I think that's a lot of it. Like a lot of, a lot of people don't utilize just taking a knee through a rapid. They just want to bail or walk through it. And a lot of times just getting that feeling of, Hey, like that wasn't that bad. Um, like the board does, especially these whitewater boards do so much work for you. You just got to get that, the, the feeling right and the line, right. And the drive and you're good. Um, but yeah, the, uh, if you can, if anybody like it, I always say like the Northeast and the Northwest are spoiled because we get so much good quality, deep water. Um, whereas like down South, I mean, the Nolichucky at 4k is pretty deep. Um, you get some stuff in the French broad, but even like you go to the Arkansas river in Colorado, I mean, you're talking bony for most of the time. Well, Colorado, I think is for the United States as, as far as reputation goes, at least the epicenter of river paddleboarding. Most people who are river paddleboarders, though, in Colorado, I think are river surfers. So they like their whitewater park and, and all of that. Yeah. But it's a short season where the Pacific Northwest, which I've touted for so many years now, it's a it's a 12-month season, depending on what you want. Uh, and now I'm really loving exploring the southeast. And now it looks like the northeast is something that uh, a person has to look out to for river paddleboarding. The sport's growing. Oh, yeah. And we uh, – I say we um... – Marty, uh, he owns this uh, whitewater shop in Franklin, New Hampshire called Outdoor New England. He's been working for about a decade, probably more, to get a whitewater park in, in Franklin, New Hampshire, which is an old mill town. And they finished up one wave uh, two months ago, and they're putting two more in uh, next year, revitalizing all this whole like trail system. And it's, I mean, I was paddling it. I think I paddled nine or 10 laps on it when I was home in January and December, like we do a new year's day, uh, paddle there. It's awesome. And I, I mean, surfing that it's whether it's paddle boarding, kayaking, boogie boarding, prone surfing, whatever, you name it. It's just good for the sport. Full circle. So training in, in Maine for big water with big water, uh, finally go to the, the, the gully. Here we are. You're now on a board. You're like, I'm going to do the marathon. I'm going to do the top and bottom, the upper, the, 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 the lower, the 27 miles on my paddleboard. Let's do this. Regardless if there's a camera, regardless if other people are watching, you're doing this for yourself with raft support friends, people you're with people on the water, but it's yeah. Yeah. Kayakers. There's only so much you could do when you're on that water by yourself. Dropping in to do a 27 mile run, which on any given day is a long day. But with the, the consequence of that water, what's in your mind? How are you doing it? You're completely confident, nervous, all of it? This year was better because I did it once. Uh, last, last year, or I guess 2020, uh, definitely a little nervous. Uh, I brought more food with me uh, in 2020. Um, 
I, I guess keep in mind, like up in Maine, like even when I was like one or two years into paddling, um, I mean, a normal day you're spending four to five hours in a river because they're averaging 14 to 16 miles. Um, and you're hanging out on a, on a beach halfway down a river. Uh, some days we do like two laps on the upper. So that's eight miles plus the paddle out. So that's, uh, probably like nine miles. So you're getting 24, 25 plus days anyway. Um, the only thing about the gully is, is like 50 rapids. <laughs> so you're just constantly going and burning energy. And I think, um, I, I'm not sure if it's confidence, just kind of just being used to it from, from doing that, whether it's training or, or, or just how we paddled. Um, the problem this year was it rained. We we're hanging around at suites for probably too long and a storm rolled in. I just had board shorts on and I was so cold for, for a long time. Um, and I ran out of food. I think I brought like two cliff bars and, a uh, some whiskey, but, um, it was, it was kind of miserable <laughs> for a bit. Like I, that video I posted on doing a Canyon doors. I was like, there's two really good waves right in that wave train. Uh, one of them, uh, Curtis was, was surfing in a kayak, but I'm like, man, I would love to surf this wave, but if I fall, I I'm need to keep colder. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, man, I, I was probably cold until after diagonal. It wasn't until after diagonal and rain stopped and it warmed up. So it was, it was an interesting day. Um, diagonal was funny though, because oh, there's two surfers there, uh, like, you know, like the prone surfers chilling and you paddle and do it, right? Oh yeah. And you've done that lower. Yeah, yeah. So there's like two or three waves just above that main wave. And so we're, we probably went over that first wave and this guy jumps out to go surf. <laughs> like, you couldn't wait. Like, five seconds <laughs> come on man and so the two kayakers went by him and, and he was like dude like get off my way i don't know what he said and we're like what <laughs> and i stayed left and peeled into the uh peeled in the eddy and some other the another dude who was there just kind of laughing he's like man if you're gonna steal a lineup that's the way to do it <laughs> so um yeah, I had so I was on the Atcha nine six, and just uh, other guy popped off to surf for a few, and I think that was like a, a nice change of pace from just doing like river running to trying to stay warm to just a quick like mindset change, which was fun. I mean, you that, that, that way, location, right? Diagonal Wave, is is a destination for a lot of prone surfers, and it's a it's a scene, especially during those busy golly fest weekends. Oh yeah, the worst is the uh, the hand boaters, kayakers that just like. And they, they, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I don't get kayakers most of the time. Sitting down in a floating coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting down in a floating coffin. The perspective that yeah. people will have on different things. Uh, uh, kayakers don't often have uh, the, the kindest words to say about uh, river paddleboarding. How did you uh, get into river paddleboarding? What was your inspiration? Why are you on a board as opposed to a dinghy or a um, chucky or a tube or a so kayak? I, I used to. I used to work for uh, Shred Ready. Okay. Uh, I, uh, some, oddly enough, I lived in Alabama, um, and I was just looking for. I was I was training for another sport, and then I just needed a job because that sport didn't pay. And I googled like outdoors Auburn, 
went by, dropped off a resume and I'm like running some social media, meeting some of the team. So it was like, I talked to Mike Tavares, Aaron Koch, um, Mike Harvey, cause we had needed pictures of miles. Um, I don't think who else in that group, but, uh, thought it was cool. And then I ended up moving back to New Hampshire and one of our, uh, reps was rep for C4 and he had an old, like 12 foot six eye tracker and he gave it for like 200 bucks or something, had a hole in it. Um, <laughs> and had honestly no intention of doing any sort of uh, whitewater kind of like, Oh, just do some flat water. And I kind of realized flat water is kind of boring um, for the most part. Cause it's like, I mean, you can go to some cool places, but just white water, just uh, something. So I tried it uh, on a 12, six board. Uh, I was doing this class two section up and it's called the Andrew uh, And I was like, this is, this is awesome. I love this. Um, fell a couple times, but I was like, yeah, it's a 12, six board. Like if I get a more specific board, it'd be better. So I got a Haas. And uh, it was, I think I went back up, tried it again, did a lot better. <laughs> and then I went to the Kennebec that following weekend and met a whole bunch of people. The river community in Maine is so welcoming. If you ever go up there, I mean, it's the best. Um, I think because we have a harsh winter, people like want to help each other out. Uh, nothing against Southeast people listening or West or anybody else. Love y'all, but maybe we're all just weird and we drink too much moxie and whatever else, but, um, the, uh, so I had the Haas kind of like, I mean, you know, like all around board. And then it wasn't until I went to, um, I was still a shred ready. So they flew me out to paddle fest and BV and somehow I got, uh, in a group with the, all the hollow guys. So it was like Peter, uh, I think Cammy was there. John Blackshire, Andy, uh, yeah, Andy O'Brien, I guess, but, um, I was like, these guys are pretty cool. (laughs) Royal blue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, tried an Atcha. I was like, oh, this is sweet. That weekend. So I don't know if you know Bobby Cooper, he's up at CKS, but stayed with him. Uh, and he's, I think I demoed like every board possible. I think I paddled like, eight or nine laps on that gotta love those uh, demo my, days yeah and this is my oh, like six or seven time paddle boarding and we did so we did like the uh the, the fractions and then some the last day the hollow guys were like yeah let's go up to the i guess miracle miles what they call it out there so it's the train bridge down mm-hmm. i was probably way over my head <laughs> but uh it's a cool cool thing um so i had a playa and Cammy was paddling the playa and I was like, Oh, that's how you're supposed to paddle. Cause she like, I guess she used to ride or stand on horses. And I was like, I'm, I mean, she'll probably listen to this, but it's like, I'm definitely going to take a lot of what she does. Cause I mean, I'm six, five and any buddy who's tall typically doesn't have balance. So you got to get pretty low. Um, I mean, you probably saw the, I mean, you saw me on the golly. It's like, you're in a half squat half the time, just because the higher you are, the more tippy you are. And if you're loading up your feet more, it's a lot easier. 
and and, um, and then, big top heavy guys and you're a strong beast of a of a paddler <laughs> yeah you have to been. use your legs and cammy cammy swan's a perfect example of staying low and powerful she always has her paddle in the water she's always paddling aggressively she's always sinking her butt into the board and hitting and just continuing paddling like she's I mean, she's riding a horse, a bucking horse through uh, rapids. She's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like getting low and just continuing and driving your speed. Um, like when people ask me for pointers, it's like it's like a bike. The faster you're going, if you're going faster than the water, you're gonna be a lot more stable. Um, and like these new boards, like whether it's, I mean, we paddle for hollow, so it's like the Atchas or, I mean, Badfish River Shred. I think Hydras came out with a new board. I mean if you're just going fast, you can crush class two. Like it shouldn't, it should be just a walk in the park. Um, and that's, I think what's going to really get people out in the water more too. Just the technology, the technology, the paddling skills, the awareness of where there is to paddle and also the demystification of being on a paddleboard in the river. I think yeah. a lot of, I, I have, I don't paddle with a lot of kayakers, Usually in the Pacific Northwest, the rivers that I paddleboard with, it's with a population of paddleboarders. Uh, so we're, we're doing our thing. Kayakers are doing other things. Rafters are doing other things. So it's kind of segregated. Uh, but the, the rivers are amazing for, for everyone of their skill level. But when I do come out here to the Southeast, there is, I think, a little bit of conversation between paddleboarders and, and kayakers for a variety of reasons. But I think that it's becoming more bridged. Kayakers understand that there is a value for paddleboards. They make good tool for rescuing people, etc. Plus you don't <laughs> yeah. have to sit down sure. all day. Yeah. I mean that, um, I think people in the Southeast, I mean, even now, like sometimes like I went to the Chioa, um, done Chioa a couple of times and, I mean, honestly, Chios is a class four river and it's much harder than the Gali. Um, but some people were there and like, they actually one person <laughs> passed. They're like, dude, like, I don't want you to paddle with us. And that same person I plucked out of yard sale at the bottom, <laughs> paddled him out and he threw up on my board. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And some other, like, I think it's a problem. Like once you get kind of higher, more technical, technical rivers, some of the kayakers and rafters like man you should probably sit this one out like we're not whether it's just not knowing about abilities of people or just hey i mean we don't want to have to pluck a body <laughs> so i mean I, I mean the golly i think this year i pulled i helped like get four kayakers back to their boats and then he's get people on mean platon like <laughs> bashing on subboarders <laughs> and you're like man come on <laughs> Everybody's so. got a bash on someone. And uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when you watch paddleboarders swim through the meat of rappers, I could definitely see the perspective of just like, ugh. But uh, watching paddlers like yourself and, and so many others out there that are bringing new technique, uh, new confidence, new perspective to rivers, I think that's, that's, that's where it's at. Right. And more you're... and more young people, more athletic young people are coming to it. They are showing that confidence and that capability, and they're not looking like – just old people bent over their waist falling in yeah I, we're starting to see um i think a lot of sea oneers switching over yep. and then uh up north a lot of raft guides are starting to see it um so i mean that's something i 
I mean, kayakers too, there's a certain point where, I mean, you're, you're getting so good, you're running class five plus stuff. And it's like, what's that level where you can't go any farther. Um, and maybe class three or four on a paddleboard does the same for you as a class five plus kayak trip. Who knows? <laughs> well, talking with Dan Beer about those very things, like when he got into to paddleboarding, he was a, a champion, a hard shell boater. And he was basically saying, every time you go out, you're looking for an element of adrenaline where dropping waterfalls or, or playing in deep retentive holes, you're jeopardizing your life for that experience. Oh, yeah. Paddleboarding allows you to be on a class three and still have adrenaline and excitement. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, you know, I talk about the Kennebec a lot, but I mean, you have so many different levels and like, say you, you do, um, like I, so I've cleaned it top to bottom. And like, once that happened, I was like, okay, I'm just going to play every time I go down and do something different. And it's like, this is a section called the alleyway. It's big, big waves, diagonals, you name it. And it's like on accident one day and I've been turned around went down backwards with like was, we call it the traffic jam and it's like two or three kayakers a couple of rafters and it's just a just madness and it's like man this is just fun and I know if I fall in it's not a big deal you just lay in the water and laugh and you're good to go <laughs> where um you're definitely a little nervous because you're not looking behind you <laughs> um but I mean that's what keeps it fun um and I think down here, I mean, some of the, the, like the French broad is so wide. I mean, there's so much varieties. So you can, you can kind of play around, you can go and search for different routes and lines and not get in that much trouble. Whereas with kayaking to get, to get that same, like you said, adrenaline rush, you're, you're doing some stupid stuff. That's why I don't mountain bike too. I don't <laughs> want to do that stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah and and i was a mountain biker until river paddleboarding and then every time i would get on and i was really enjoying paddleboarding i wanted to paddleboard more and more and so every time i would get on my mountain bike i would think shoulder injuries and i would just get rigid and, and think about the trauma of it and that takes away the excitement so i'm like okay mountain biking <laughs> goes away so i could run rivers on a paddleboard and that um kind of what you said there like we go to the have you been to the whitewater center over in charlotte oh yeah I went to Tuck Fest so, and I've done a couple of things there. Oh yeah, because it was late this year. Early, or it'll late. be in April yeah. again this year, but uh, they they hosted it in late uh, they in fall this year. Oh, that was South of Maine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that that place. I I, mean, I love it all the time, but I mean, once you start doing big water there, so in the summer normally they do Thursday, Friday night big water, maybe Saturday too, the bands and all that. And once you go to big water, you're like, man. Not really a fan of the normal flow because normal water, like when you fall, you almost always hit the concrete. But at big water, it's it's more padding. And so sometimes you're at a river and you're talking to a kayaker. Like I was in the Nola Chucky. I was like four, I think it was 4,500 or something. I was like, hey, you, you probably shouldn't do it. There's a lot of rocks and stuff. So like 4,500, there's less rocks. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, like, I mean, back to that big water, it's like once you, you start doing it and you realize there's more padding so i can mess around more you're like this, this is this is where it's at just don't get stuck in a hole no and i wonder what level some rivers get to like with some of these rocks especially down south that are huge like you start getting this massive hole that might form at 10k or 12k or something but who knows 
on the white salmon you'll find and in, in other uh, if you paddle much in the the pacific northwest uh with the exception of there's always an exception exceptions prove yep. the rule but for the most part the the rivers that i run holes are not a, a significant issue there are a couple on the on the hood river there's of course the steelhead falls on the bottom of the white salmon which is uh, the mandatory portage we we're talking about that earlier in the text uh but yeah it's it's usually techie lines and fast moving water and big wave trains and avoid that rock and don't lacerate yourself on that lava and uh have fun <laughs> oh and it's cold by the way <laughs> yeah that's the thing too i mean we're we're spoiled in the northeast like once you get to july i mean the water can be in the 70s and the air can be in the 80s board shorts you get awesome uh tfd burns I mean, nice stripes and tan lines. <laughs> yeah, by, by July on the white salmon, you could take your dry suit off and put on a wetsuit. <laughs> More padding. <laughs> That's the thing about Chioa. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't actually want to do it in the summer. So it's only, it's only releases because it's a dry river. And they, uh, it's like, it's shot. Like, if you don't have a stomp box, I don't think you can do that river unless you did fully no fins. Um, and it's so shifty, you almost need a fin. But I would never do it without a wetsuit. Just have that extra padding in case you fall. Um, fall hard, I guess. Definitely fall a lot in that river. <laughs> um, but, yeah. What's your favorite river so far down south? I would say the the Nolichucky Gorge. The Nolly Gorge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's hard to say. Just checking them all off uh, more and more. I think laps on, on things. You really find what you like about it, different water levels and, and and different experiences. And the the first time so, I was uh, the first time I was on the, the the gorge, it was a little nervous. People were talking it up, and uh, you know, there's definitely some rapids that you have to make some moves in. And so it was good to follow folks. And then remember what I told you about your your first time down? What was that? It's a, it's a good swim. Don't worry. It's a good <laughs> swim. <laughs> and that you need that kind of stuff. You need that encouragement because that brings you back to the, to what I'm familiar with. Yeah. You can swim through everything. Just, you know, make sure you don't hit rocks with your body or whatever. If it's a good swim, yeah. it's good. But like the, the stuff with undercuts and sieves and, and limestone ledges that go, who knows where, like, okay, this, I've got to get my head straight, but yeah. you're like, yeah, it's a good swim. It's a good swim. It's fine. I like the, the most part. I told Duvet, I was, like, I was like, just follow me. And if you fall, just swim. It's fine. And he's like, it's, it's not that simple. I'm like, it's, it's simple. <laughs> <laughs> what you said about doing laps. Um, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people like down here kind of like trash on the Nantahala and up north. People would kind of talk shit about like the the lower Kentucky or like the Androscoggin or some of these like class one, two rivers. And it's like, no, like that's where, that's where you get good. Um, and like what you said, doing laps. I mean, once it's roadside, especially, I mean, um, like my, my home river is the Kentucky. It's three miles of roadside. Um, I've driven it. I've ran it. I've biked it. I mean, you name it. Um, done it at six feet, done it at 12 feet. And, uh, the first time down it, I paddled behind, uh, this guy, John Kazmarchek, who's the, uh, we know, we know Barry Keenan, Kenan, mm -hmm. um, who just got a new awesome little Aussie shepherd or blue healer. Cool dog. Um, but uh, Kaz, 
Eddie turned everything. I mean, on a three mile trip, I think it took us like four hours. He's like, this is how you run this river. And I was like, all right, got it. <laughs> um, and so now I just try to Eddie turn everything. Cause it's, it's just a boulder field the whole time. Um, and then like doing rivers that like the Kennebec, for example, like 10 to one is at 5,000, one to two thirty can be, uh, 1200, three to five could be 2,500. So it, it changes constantly. So you can always just play around and, and start experimenting with whether it's a board, your fins, different moves. Um, and like the, that's why I, just, I don't, I'm always confused when people down here are like, oh, I don't want to go to the Nantahala. I'm like, maybe it's the drive, but I mean, there's so many things you can do and play. And if you don't like what you did, you just get it out and walk back up and do it again. Um, I mean, that's how people get good in other sports like basketball or soccer is just repetition, repetition, and just trying new things and being confident. When you are on those smaller rivers, so to speak, when we're talking about big water, when it's a smaller river with less technical consequences or even a lake, how are you training for rivers when you're on a lake? Um, so when I first started, uh, my parents, uh, so I moved back from Alabama to New Hampshire, had the 12, six board and the Haas and actually then a playa. Um, we live like not even a quarter mile of a lake. And it was just like, at first I used fins. I was doing like the like pivot turns, I guess, like the, the stern squirts, I guess mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called. Um, and just moving around, trying to do single leg, um, uh, save my right leg, paddle on the right side, right leg, paddle on the left side, and then switch it up. Um, did, a went all the way back on the board tried to stern squirt right left with same thing like different feet staggered um took the fins out tried to go in a straight line um stuff like that uh i used to before i had a quick release (laughs) this is so stupid of me um i had a strap on my pfd with a beaner on it and i used to practice like trying to drown myself and taking the beaner off (laughs) in case i needed to um Hopefully you had supervision when you were doing the uh, <laughs> drowning oh, no, skills. I was just like, I was, uh, I was under the board. So if I had to come back up for air, I would hit the board. So I just bumped the board out of the way. Um, the, uh, then once I got on the like class one, two, so like my, one of my all time favorite rivers is the Androscoggin. It's, uh, it's like four hours North of Boston straddles the main New Hampshire border. And it is one of the, probably the easiest rivers you could, uh, you could paddle just beautiful. Like I always see moose, eagles, bears, you name it up there. Um, there's three sections, all, uh, two of them about four miles. One's about a quarter mile and the quarter mile is the hardest one. And there's a trail. You just walk back up, uh, the, the, uh, outfitter up there called Northern waters. They, uh, actually, uh, the, one of the part owners is from the Ocoee of all places. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, go up there, camp and just train. Like I hope someone can do a camp up there and just do like ha- basics of, of paddleboarding because it's a perfect river to learn on. You have uh, funky eddy lines. Um, you have good wave trains. You have a couple of decent waves and it's, it's beautiful. Um, and then if you wanted to, it's a little drive over to the, it's called Lake Umbagog and it's the rapid river and it's the, probably the best wave in new England on a river, uh, dam release. So getting on waves, working on your footwork, all the things that you could do to, to improve your, your paddling. It's funny when you lefty see, and righty, always lefty, righty. 
I'm sorry, what's that? Always left side and right side. Like just oh, balancing. Yeah. Being ambidextrous. And I learned that from Mike T, Mike Tavares. Just the idea of go where your toes are, move your toes around. When you go typically yeah. to a lake, you see these people on paddle boards who are just locked in one place. And they might be having a clinic or they might be in a race. And their entire skill set is reach forward, pull, disengage and do it over and over again you see river people on a paddleboard in a lake and they're falling in the board's upside down they're pivoting mm -hmm. left and right let's ride the nose like oh that person's from the river yeah messing around and same with uh it's funny you say that but uh i, I lived in myrtle beach last year and so b before i moved to the beach like I, I didn't really surf much ocean surf and you ocean surf barefoot so well, at least i do um but you don't realize how much you use your toes on the ocean and it's just this different dynamic. And once I like left the ocean to come back to the river, um, like the, the footbeds and my astrals were just fully crimped up. Oh yeah. I'm like this never used to happen. <laughs> um, and just that, just trying to combine different skills. Um, and also like breaking through a wave when you're, when you're paddling through is always a good skill. But like what you said about Mikey T, I mean, Cohen's really good about going, um, goofy and I guess regular, uh, and switching sides. I, I mean, I wish, shit, I wish I was that good. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm pretty, I think, I think a lot of it is like my right leg is, is fairly dominant back. I mean, I can still paddle lefty and righty, but my, my stance is still pretty similar. I mean, I can still switch, but it's a significant loss of skill <laughs> once they switch feet. <laughs> And, and, and we talked about the Charlotte Whitewater Center, the, the USA Raft Whitewater, or the, US, uh, the, the Whitewater Center in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, I've never met or, or paddled with Trey Knight, but Cohen Atkins, who lap after lap there. Yeah. It's it, it just, I mean, getting, I mean, it's like a, it's like a ski area. You just ride a chairlift and to the top you are again, and you're doing these really technical moves and that allows him and people like him to, who are getting those same laps to be really dynamic on the board. And I think that's, that, that type of training is, is, is really clearly important. It, it's, it's the best place to train. I mean, you have, uh, eddy current eddy lines i mean the the upstream current in some spots is faster than the downstream current and so you you get some violent eddy turns um and i mean i was i was there for i think two years paddling with cone a lot um i mean cone has so many things dialed into that place i don't know how long he's been there for <laughs> um but i mean he starts doing like your your rail slides your 360s and i mean I've told Cohen this, but like, I'm so jealous. Like, I, mean, I wish I was, he's like five, eight, I think. I mean, if I, I will, I was like, dude, put, put a weight vest on some still <laughs> try doing that. Uh, but uh, I mean, he does some bad, bad stuff on that. And um, I, once you, I mean, there's, there's a standard line for everything there. And then once you get that dialed in, you just start to play and it just turns into this, like just playground of different things. And you fall, you fall, like you figure out, I mean, my first year, I always wore knee pads, always wore elbow pads. I think you may have called me out or someone called me out for always wearing them. And I was like, right, I'll take them off, whatever. I, um, I wouldn't have called you out. I'm, my my biggest fear is still uh, big drop. Uh, my first year there, I fell. 
and my back just got full on concrete rash, uh, what wasn't covered by a PFD and it was, uh, not pleasant. So even now, like, I mean, I've cleaned it plenty of times and I'm like, yeah, I'm terrified of this place. <laughs> and, and terrified for a lot of good reasons. And it tends to be the road rash part of it. If you, if you swim there, you're going to drag body parts that the skin is just going to peel off. Oh, I mean, uh, I and that's, that's not, that, that's literal. That's not figurative. And so the, the technique is stand in the middle of the current, which of course you don't want to translate anywhere else into a real river. But once I figured out, like if you, if you on their more technical drops, like big drop, if, if something happens, just stand up. Huh, okay. Yeah. And walk to the eddy and walk to the eddy. But that place, I mean, the thing, I mean, you can learn eddy turns so well, you can learn how to surf amazingly because some of the, like you surf M wave or, uh, or a big drop, some of these waves in between, I mean, they're so pulsy and they just bounce you. And like, even on an Atcha, um, like I think one of the uh, benefits I have over Cohen is like, I'm, I'm heavy. So I'm not getting bounced as much, but I'm still getting driven around. Um, and uh, uh, shit, like how to, how to recover. I mean, cause if you're not recovering quick, you're going over a pylon or you're going into a wall or you're going to something else. So you got to get back up quick and, I mean, some days I used to go there as like, I'm going to paddle lefty the whole day. And then some days paddle righty the whole day or make a lap take 45 minutes or something like that. And like some days I could do like 10 or 12 laps in a couple hours. And some days it was like, I did like three and I was good and I was dead. And I mean, you're not drinking water. You're not eating food. <laughs> it's like, it's fun. Um, yeah, I mean that the Whitewater Park up in uh, up in New Hampshire that they're making. And I was talking to Marty and uh, a couple of the people up there. And, like I had to pluck two people out. So the the current wave is about eighty yards above a dam, um, and they're still doing construction on it, so they don't have a line going across. And so like I, I pulled a uh, help pull two people out. Um, <laughs> I threw a row row but a buddy and a c1 and he threw it away like <laughs> i'm swimming this out <laughs> um and i know a couple people end up swimming down to the there's some like uh grates or something and to climb out just above the dam so i think there's gonna be a big learning curve in like in confidence in where eddies are and understanding current is one of those things you learn from from the whitewater center too which um it's actually like another like non I guess paddleboard topic, but like my brother does a he's a fire well, used to be a firefighter he still does some of it and some of their swift water rescue is really more like uh, I don't really trust you guys <laughs> so I think I mean if people are listening I mean it'd probably be really good to volunteer for your your local swift water rescue group because your understanding of whitewater even if you've only been doing this for like six months is is probably your comfort level is much better. As we're talking, I'm reminded the regions that I paddle in, and I've had the, the fortune to paddle throughout a lot of the United States, New Zealand, Japan, Chile, but the Southeast, and it sounds like the Northeast as well, or at least uh, the areas that you paddle, the river culture is a party culture. You have the Whitewater Center in Charlotte where you have bands playing and, and, and people giving you high fives when you swim. You have the Green River Gorge race. You have the Russell Fork Fest. You have the Golly Fest. You said to get ready for Golly, you have to get drunk on the dead. I, 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 I just remember watching you 
on a rock. I was on a rock photographing when you came through Pillow Rock. The it sounded like a football game, like the the people cheering. I don't know how many people were there. There were like ten million people there. It seemed like uh, rafts, kayaks, all parked on rocks, celebrating, jumping off Pillow Rock. When you came in on a paddleboard, the 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 gorge was just echoing with cheers, just like yeah. I think that's why you're doing it. You just want to be that the the quarterback coming into the the arena with the people cheering. I mean, no, honestly, like I didn't even hear. I mean, you get the the water so loud in there, you don't hear anything until like you listen to it on a video and you're like, oh my god, like people actually made that. And like same thing, like on a on sweets hitting up on a postage due. It's like people like watching carnage like whether you i think they'd be more happy if you swim than if you stuck it <laughs> like, well there they, they celebrate carnage they definitely celebrate carnage and encourage it but the i'm gonna i'm gonna post this video if you don't mind uh, i think you Go might have already too but to, you sent me some videos it's your pov coming down i think your second lap of of pillow where like the people are cheering 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 and then like you almost like you it. almost have the line yeah and then like you're in the water and and just the sounds of people you could still hear people cheering <laughs> while you're underwater <laughs> it, yeah, it changes I mean, of course but yeah it's good i mean if anyone can go to the golly i mean i think i posted a video once of i was splatting a posted jew which is a big rock after sweets someone grabbed the handle of the board and just held onto it and i was definitely held down for a bit too long um i mean it's the golly. I mean, you just got to be ready to pull your quick release and go. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the whole culture, I'm not sure about the Northwest or the West. I mean, probably similar everywhere. Um, I mean, especially paddleboarding, we're, we're new enough where, I mean, I think that day on the golly, uh, the day, yeah, that second day when you were at that Saturday, I mean, I, um, I got a lot of free drinks. um so in uh in maine we the main like state liquor is allen's which is a coffee brandy and uh if you ever hear (laughs) see us like post like allen that's what we're talking about Uh but um yeah it uh someone passed me a bottle of allen's on a wave and just having a couple sips and then peeling off (laughs) (laughs) so you were in the wave uh, with the allen's oh perfect woods ferry is like the next significant rapid before the takeout and the bottom's called julius juicer and it's just like this curling hole that spits you out and halfway down the rapids uh it's called elevator shaft it's just a big drop um big old pour over kind of thing i just forgot it was there and <laughs> <laughs> ended up swimming knew it was below me i was like i don't care I just grabbed onto the handle in the middle just took a deep breath and just held on <laughs> just, <laughs> going but uh yeah i mean if anybody uh i mean wants to go to the northeast especially and they want some beta um i mean the whitewater sub crews are is, is definitely growing up there um and i mean you can contact me or, or paul or and i can connect with people up there i mean most people would be wanting to go down with you like even just raft support um and uh you probably I mean, it's such a good culture up there. So they're always down to, if you're good for some like malicious slander every now and then, <laughs> you, you'll be fine. Probably the malicious slander. Maybe that's yeah. what uh, this episode will be called. <laughs> malicious <laughs> yeah. slander with Chris Morgan. There's more, uh, uh, I think more 
friendly shit talking up in the northeast i think than most places and i think people just gotta like accept it because <laughs> we all mean well it's just you know <laughs> <laughs> well captain morgan in in the in the the notes for this i'll have your social media but uh tell people what your social media is and where they can see more of uh the animal of chris morgan <laughs> uh just instagram just uh cc morgan eight uh morgan like the rum eight yep. like the number yep well, excellent, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. Any uh, parting words? Any uh, any predictions for the future of the sport? <laughs> predictions for the sport. I mean, hopefully more people do it. Hopefully more people get out there. Um, if you ain't swimming, you ain't trying. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you ain't swimming, you ain't trying. On those yeah. words, thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> All right. See y'all. Have a great day. Thanks, dude. You too.